Again, my name is Sam, and I am the senior pastor here of the church, and we're so glad that you're here to worship with us today, and would love the chance to get to know you. Today is the culmination of our giving campaign for this year called Joyful, and we are so grateful for your generosity. I want to update you on where we're at. We have 55 families who have pledged. 47 of those are recurring, and eight of those are new. Uh, You have given $324,000 which is about 38.6% of our goal. And of those (coughs) recurring pledges, 37 of you were able to grow your pledge. And so we thank you so much uh, for making one, for staying consistent, for growing. All of it helps. Today, we're also in the third Sunday of our November sermon series called Joyful, A Generous and Abundant Life. And we've been trying to to think about how we can gain these attributes and, and possess these qualities that God gives us access to, like being generous and being grateful and intentional and about experiencing and tasting and seeing the fullness of life in front of us. Last week, we looked at a letter that Paul had written to the Corinthians, and he was talking to them about a monetary offering, but he was reminding them of sort of what undergirds their giving. You know, why do you give? And his point is that uh, God gives to us so graciously, and so we give back to God, uh, that we can actually come to this point in our life where we are operating in response mode. We see the way that God has worked in our lives. We experience God's grace, and we can't help but respond to that. We talked about how sometimes in our world we can get stuck in this scarcity mindset. You know, if there's a a glass and and we're looking at it and we think, is it half full or half empty? We can get stuck thinking, I don't have enough. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough resources. Uh, Paul pushes this further for us to say, it's not even that the glass is just half full, it's that the glass can overflow. We can live with such an abundant mindset that we are overflowing with thanks to God. And so today we look at another letter that Paul wrote to a different community, to the people of Philippians. And we see that as he starts this letter, it looks like the other letters that he begins in terms of formula. So there's always a greeting and a thanksgiving, and then he sort of outlines the things that he's going to talk about. Really like a good essay, you know? He's giving you the heads up. And so he says to them, I thank my God every time I remember you. And in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Why? Because of your partnership in the gospel. From the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so I love that uh, he begins with this huge expression of thanks, and then he talks about the joy to be found in partnership. In fact, if you look through this short letter, uh, you see that joy or rejoice is used 14 times. And so when we pair that with this idea of partnership, what Paul is saying is I want you to feel joy and being a part of what God is doing. What we believe is that God is already at work, that God's Holy Spirit is moving in this church and in our community, and we get to be a part of it. 
It is our privilege to be a part of what God is already doing. Now, this word for partnership is koinonia. I want you to say that with me, koinonia. It means sharing, it means fellowship, it means partnership. Here, as Paul is talking to the Philippians, he's probably using it in a couple of ways. Uh, one, he's definitely talking about their monetary partnership, the ways that they are giving. We know that they gave to Paul's earlier ministry in, in Macedonia, um, and now he's sort of urging them to continue to be those financial partners in the gospel, but he's also talking about the support through their prayers, the support through their time and their talents. Uh, for me, this philosophy of partnership really came to life when I started coming to Tennessee in the summers uh, to go to a place called Mountaintop. Some of you have heard me talk about Mountaintop before, but they're a nonprofit ministry that works with families in rural Appalachia, just about an hour and a half from here on the Cumberland Plateau, uh, doing home repair and running children's programs. And as I went there as a youth, uh, our youth group has been, maybe some of you have been as a youth as well, they really instilled this idea of partnership, so much so that they say, we don't work for people, we work with people. So the idea is that everybody has agency and everybody has ownership. Everybody is wrapped up in the giving and receiving of relationship. And so many times at Mountaintop, which is a very impoverished part of our state, people were not able to afford building materials to repair a porch or to uh, repair a hole in the roof, but they were to be able to provide something and there was agency and ownership and value in asking someone to give back and be part of the project. And so many times what that looked like is that a family would provide a meal and it would create this space for people to gather around the table and get to know one another from different areas of the country. You know, I think that this partly was what Paul was talking about when he was talking about partnership. We hear him talk about this throughout different letters. Uh, one of the most distinct examples is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, most of you know 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that begins, love is patient, love is kind. But right before that, Paul talks about the body of Christ. And he uses our literal body as a metaphor. He says, you know what? The foot needs the hand and the hand needs the eye and the eye needs the ear, right? Everybody is given given different gifts. Some of you are good at exhortation. That means encouraging people. Some of you listen well. Some of you work with your hands well. Some of you are wise. Some of you teach. Some of you preach. And he says, look, there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. There are a variety of services, but the same Lord. And this one's my favorite. There are a variety of activities but is the same God who activates them in all of us. And so we are making ourselves open to be activated to the gifts that God has placed within us. That's how we partner together. That's how we come together as individuals to create a whole that makes a difference. And so part of what I wanna talk about today is the ways that our congregation, you, have been activated 
to bring partnership in our church and in our community. The joy that I have in recounting and looking at the ways that we have partnered with God in ministry. Honestly, one of the first things that come to mind is lay leadership on every level. People that uh, lead our committees, our administrative committees, our programmatic committees. I think about uh, people who come and work the front desk in the office every single week. Lynn Chrisman, Peggy Hammond, Linda Rader. I really shouldn't start naming people. I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, people that partner like our care team. We have a congregational care team that uh, Lou Wilkin is, is the chair of. And those people go out to our church members who are now homebound and make sure their church, make sure they know their church has not forgotten them. They call and send cards and make visits. We've seen joy. We've seen significant growth in our church, uh, particularly in our children. If you haven't heard this yet, we have 68 families in our children's ministry representing 113 kids. Our youth, we have over 13 different schools represented in a youth group of 38. Over the past year, our youth have participated in over 20 events, two mission trips, and two retreats. I think about our Sunday school classes, our teachers especially that show up week after week to teach. We have seven adult Sunday school classes, four uh, kids Sunday school classes, and one youth, and we also have one satellite Sunday school class at Harmony Senior Living on Highway 100. It's a team of older adults that rotates to go out there and to teach. I think about our music. The fact that we have so much lay leadership, both in our 8.30 service and our 10.30 service with our kids, with our bell choir. I mean, these people show up every Wednesday night and every Sunday morning to help usher us into the presence of God. I think about uh, Bellmead 101. This is the first year that we've been able to bring it back since COVID. If you don't know what that is, it's sort of our introductory course to the church. And between May and October, we had 47 people attend Bellmead 101. This year, we've had uh, 34 people join the church. We've had 14 baptisms. Last week, somebody came up to me and was like, I'm ready to join the church. And he joined last uh, Sunday. Today, we have three more people join. On December 3rd, we have two more and two more baptisms. And let me tell you, January is completely lined up with more people joining the church and three more baptisms. I think about our Children's Center and our partnership together. Last summer, we started the inaugural Camp Bell Mead. It's 11 weeks of day camps for kids in kindergarten through third grade, and we had 88 kids attend, many of them coming more than one camp week. If you're a parent, you know that's a hard thing to find in Nashville, looking for that quality care and camps during the summer. Uh, I really dug into this a little bit more with the Children's Center, too, and found that this connection between families and the church and the center is growing. So in 2019, we had 11 families that were connected to both the church and the center. In 2023, we have 23 families that are connected to the church and the center, and that just continues to grow. When we look at how we uh, partner with our community, we are caring for people experiencing homelessness through community care fellowship, through loaves and fishes. We're helping children with literacy through project transformation. We are providing food and diapers and school supplies for families in the Hillwood cluster of schools. H.G. Hill Middle School right across the street is one of our biggest partners. 
We're partnered with our police. Uh, we're providing needing and shelf-stable items for them to disperse to the community, which they tell us is creating this better partnership between them and the families that they seek to serve. We're offering these intergenerational points of connection and mission. You heard Martha Brooke talk about Ice Cream Social and Pumpkin Fest. We're talking about other places like Worship Without Walls. Uh, if you've missed this, uh, I know we've been talking about a lot, but the second Worship Without Walls brought 71 more people than the first one. And everybody spread out and served the community. We're trying to repeat this place of, of intersection and intergenerational mission with Christmas Mary missions. And perhaps something I don't want to say that I'm the most proud of, but maybe I get the most teary about, is the way that we are seeking to create equity and advocacy in our community. Right, We added Sensory Easter along with Sensory Santa, and we're creating this holiday space that maybe many of us take for granted, where kids with special sensory needs can come and feel safe uh, and enjoy these holidays with their families. We have responded to the tragic events of March 27th in so many ways, uh, both in trying to create change and to provide care. If you remember, we collected a communion offering after that Sunday to give to families for continued therapy. One of the most recent things that we did was add this banner to the corner of our church, but I want to tell you the backstory about that. That was not our idea. It was H.G. Hill Middle School's idea. And Maggie Dix, who's our, our main, one of our main contacts there, called me. She said, Sam, I have this idea, but you know what? I don't think it should be at the school. I should think it should be at your corner because everybody can see it. It's not about the school. It's not about the church. It's about the whole community coming together. And so if you're a social media person, I want you to go and look at our Instagram and I want you to see how the covenant families themselves are responding to that public witness. It's astounding. Last week, I talked to you about the Belinda Butler Assistance Fund. Uh, we realized that we have a high-quality uh, children's center, one of the best in Nashville, and that makes it expensive, right? And so we said, how can we uh, help to create equity in this space? So we created the Belinda Butler Scholarship Assistance Fund. Uh, you may have heard the name Ron Butler, who recently passed away. That was Belinda's husband. Uh, the family is actually collecting donations on Ron's behalf for the fund. Uh, but it is allowing a teen parent, multiple teen parents eventually, we hope, to be able to have care and education for their child while they go on to receive their education as well. And so the first recipient of the Belinda Butler Assistance Fund has just completed two years of education and gotten a job at Vanderbilt Medical Center. So this is the hope, right? That we're creating these spaces, that we're partnering with God and we're creating real change in the world. All of this makes me confident that as we look to 2024, God who began this good work in us will carry it on to completion. God will carry it on and we get to be a part of it.
Last weekend, uh, my mom came up here to visit from Birmingham, Alabama, and she brought uh, my youngest nephew that lives in Alabama. He's not my youngest nephew, so I have to specify. His name is Cash, and he's five years old. He's the same age as my son, Lewis. Uh, they were born only two months apart, so they love to hang out together. And so Cash and my mom came up, and we were going to take them to the downtown library to check out this so-called rock climbing wall <laughs> in a library, but we got there on Friday and it was closed for Veterans Day. So uh, plan B, a, a very far plan B, was Opryland Hotel. <laughs> so we decided to take them out. This happened to be the first day that all the Christmas stuff was running. And so they uh, loved it, running through the hotel, seeing the, the boats and the decorations and the trees. And there's a gingerbread man there. So if you wanna go and check that out. Um, we decided before we left, we were gonna go over to Dave and Buster's. Now, if you've never been to Dave and Buster's, it's a giant arcade that is not just for children. It is for adults as well. Uh, but it's 100% overstimulation. <laughs> I mean, there's noises, lights, uh, people everywhere. And so we're like, you have exactly one hour in Dave and Buster's, right? So we like shuffled them around section by section to games, not allowing them to go too far. And they played basketball and skee-ball and Hungry Hungry Hippo. But they ended ended up in the last 10 minutes in their favorite spot, and it was Mario Kart racing, you know? Not just like where you're sitting there with a Nintendo 64 controller, like you are sitting in the cart, you know? So they put their money in, and they're picking the course, and they're picking their players, and they're taking pictures, and now ask like for your picture, and you can see your face as you're racing along. And they're about to start their first game, and Cash realizes that he's too short to press the gas pedal. <laughs> So he looks up at me and he's like, Aunt Samantha, press the gas! <laughs> you know? So I'm holding the gas down with my right foot, giving him room to sit there and still steer the Mario Kart. Um, and of course we played a couple more <laughs> rounds like that, but I felt important, right? Like I had my foot on the gas pedal. And the truth was, Cash wouldn't have been able to play the game without me. We were teammates, we were partners. So church, what I'm saying is, partner with us to keep the gas pedal pressed, right? Because we are growing, we are going, we are on a roll. And now we will partner together in this next year to be a part of what God is doing here and now. Thanks be to God, amen. amen.